Hi everybody, welcome to this week's episode. Um, just a quick intro. Um, me and Stu managed to get this together. Uh, last week, just before the tier three um, lockdown restrictions started, we were literally five minutes within the law. I left his house, uh, well his garden actually, uh, five minutes to midnight um, last uh Thursday, I think it was Thursday evening, yeah. So what we've been talking about doing this for a while and we'd set a date and uh, I got the wrong date and then he, uh, I realised I'd got the wrong date but I actually had it written in my diary correctly which is a bit weird, just like look at your diary Dave, it's not, it's not fucking rocket science is it? Anyway, uh, we managed to get together and we had a chat face to face this time but in the garden so we were like, outside, it was a uh, quite cold evening, October evening um, but we were all kind of, you know, togged up and um, sat outside in his back garden and a nice uh, bit of social distancing and all that. So it was all kind of within the rules. Um, but we managed to do it face to face, which was great. So we could have a, and we had a long chat, um, a lot of which haven't included here because it was just, we were just talking nonsense about lots of other things. But I sort of faded it in at a natural, what I thought was a natural kind of starting point, you know. So, and it's great, we got, we had a chance to talk a bit more about um, a couple of things I was really interested in. One was sort of about his own role as a, as a kind of multi-functioning, um, what you'd kind of think of as one of these, uh, I don't know, it's, it's not portfolio musician, but it's like that kind of role that a lot of musicians are taking on these days where they're actually uh, having to think about the production side of things as well as the composition as well as the playing side and it's something that uh, I think Stu's been um, uh, I think he's been great at for a long time but it's something he thought a lot about when he was doing his doctorate and he's, he finished that just when we did the last um, interview and so now he's, a, he's now a doctor of um, PhD uh, music by composition I think it is we talk about that a bit in the podcast so um and we talk about that kind of that productiony role, and now then I got into talking a bit more about two drummers that he's worked with a lot, Richard Spaven and Luke Flowers, and just about their the difference, their, his different relationship with those two drummers because they are quite different players, obviously. But um, Luke and Stu have known each other a long, long time and played a lot together in lots of different situations, and um, and Luke's played on you know a couple of Stu's albums and things and bits and bobs and. And then, uh, and then Richard's someone that Stuart works with a lot as well, and, and and I was just kind of talking about the sort of difference, his different relationship with them as drummers, and how he kind of sees their different uh, kind of how they are as drummers, and the different kind of heads they have on as players and performers and artists. And then you know more with Richard, I would say the kind of pro the producer side of things, and the and the writer as well, and and how kind of Stuart works with Richard, you know, being. Um, having quite quite similar roles as people i i think you know in, in a way you know they're both really strong artists and players they're also really strong writers and they're also really strong producers you know they have a, they have this sound world thing connected to their playing you know and so we sort of delved into that a lot there's a couple of little music clips in this as well um and yeah we talked a bit about time um just yeah it was just it was a nice fluid kind of conversation and it's, I, I did have to edit it a bit it was just um it was just so long you know 
Um, and we just, yeah, we just, uh, uh, there's a lot of background noise as well. So apologies about that. There's a bit of wind, a bit of, if you, uh, people chatting as they walk past his house, cars, you know, car noise in the background, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, anyway, it's what it is. It's, um, but yeah, you kind of gets, you kind of get into, um, get into it kind of straight away, uh, into sort of chatting about some stuff. So yeah. Hope you enjoy, and uh, again, it's just a really interesting insight into uh, his world, and um, and also our kind of you know, our sort of relationship and some stories and things we share together. So enjoy. We talked about loads of other things. Talked about like writing and stuff, and because you just finished your PhD, aren't you, and all that. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, yeah, and and I think you'd no, you you'd got you you had your job. I did. Yeah. It was at the start of lockdown, wasn't it? it was, well, it was, yeah, it was in March, lockdown. March, kind April, of time. April, March, March. Yeah, yeah, it was because it was done on the Zoom. we all thought it'd be fun. Yeah, we all thought it would be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of have been doing it. Yeah, really. good for you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. Me too. I've, I've been, been loving been busy, it. But yeah, just, um, yeah, kids just get in the way of that. Well, I'm, I'm afraid I Murder. can't. Um, relate to that in any way you know because I don't have any so it's really um, you know it, it gives you no sense of purpose whatsoever you know when, you, when you have no children <laughs> well, you, get loads of time to practice, you get loads of time to practice yeah that's yeah that's the flip side yeah yeah no it's an interesting it's because it, it's been like a kind of interesting time for me that this whole like the purpose of things in this period you know because I've been right. like practicing a lot mm. But um, and we we sort of talked about it when we were chatting about um, projects and stuff, you know. Yeah. And kind of like the like the purpose. See, the thing about the purpose of practice is just to get better, isn't it's it? Just to get better, yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah. and that that is the fundamentally, um, it's like the beating heart of yeah, yeah. of your your life. It not life, but yeah. You know, the beating heart of your focus, isn't it, is is trying to get better and yeah. to move in a forward direction mm. and to take little steps every single day along the long road. And yeah. I'm totally down with that. Yeah. You know, that if you do that, that you are, in my eyes, the most successful musician you can be. Yeah. You know, whether things happen, whether, you know, things like commercial success and mm. that kind of thing, they're secondary to that, aren't they? Like sustaining that, that beautiful natural energy that you had mm. f- from the start from when you started you know, yeah, and yeah. just you're still kind of getting that you know energy from that well mm. that's inside mm. you you know that's very natural i mean that is that's it isn't it yeah you've got you to know? feed it haven't you you've got to well, allow the the water just, to flow into it or you've whatever just gotta, you you've just got to you've got to ride the wave of that energy mm. and let it just take you where it takes you you know but but i think that that's the thing you've got to hold close, isn't it? And I think if you do, mm. it's that's purpose, isn't it? Right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and that's kind of that's where because I went round in a bit of a circle with it after we spoke actually. Because and it's not just a conversation with you; it's sort of other things that have happened in the last maybe two years. Just looking at how you know what people how people focus. Because mm. one of the things like I, we were talking about was about your sort of um, well, it's not a shift because you've been writing for forever, haven't you? You know. You've yeah. always, oh, as long as I've known you, you've been writing your own music and trying to play your own music as well as I suppose so, yeah. Practice, you know, yeah. get better, 
guitar and everything which you I think the thing I've realised recently is that I I kind of divided those two things into two separate areas and that's something I'm trying to rectify whereas like you know writing is one thing and practicing is another and actually trying to merge those two things together oh right because I sort yeah I mean I see that as a in my eyes I see that as a success like a way of of being able to like treat practice. well treat <laughs> practice for what it is you know yeah because it's that like I've got back to a, like a better place with practicing probably better than I've ever been and just mm. you know now he's like oh if only it's that classic thing oh if only I'd had this headspace yeah, 20 sure. years ago but Absolutely. but it's just it's all nonsense because it's just about being in something and doing it and that's what its purpose is and there's no yeah. there's no attachment to any it, it to for it to even go anywhere it's just mm. about doing it isn't it it's mm. just that practice practicing it's like a meditation be, yeah it? being in meditation yeah and i and uh, and so the thing i the thing with like with you with the composition thing was like, that was always a side of of like from the outside looking at your kind of career of being you know, a player <laughs> what loosely might, might be termed as a career <laughs> I think, yeah, I think you've done all right. I think you've done pretty well, you know. And you've, know. And you've done the, you know, you've done the the PhD thing as well, and all that, which yeah. is like that's I a big achievement. Things. Yeah, yeah. I'm very much a toddler in that world, though. Is what I've realised. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like terribly. Yeah. So I've been in a few sure but situations you... recently where I've realised the naivety and uh, incompetence well, of me in that in that kind of world. You know. Yeah. I can imagine that, but I still yeah. think those people that are maybe in that world a long time and are, and are really doing that thing, mm. they don't bring other things. Maybe I mean that's something I've yeah. Because I yeah, know yeah. I know great musicians. You know I know yeah. a lot of great musicians, and you're one of them. And I don't know these people. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I'm, yeah. it's not I'm not dissing them, but yeah. and like you know someone like Mark who you work with. Yeah, he's probably somebody I'd maybe approach at first just to. Oh, he's great, yeah. Because he's oh, yeah. He's a total dude, yeah. Amazing musician, very super clever, experienced academic as well. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's the thing. He seems like someone who would be able to supervise some complete and utter numpkin like me no, through I'm that. Not you know, sure, yeah, that's academically. A disservice, uh, academically, no, it's a, it's a it's a horror show. You know, like the writing thing. Even the writing thing is terrible you know my right because i don't read you see because yeah. the main problem with me academically is i don't read anything i never I don't had. read anything either. yeah but you have done though you, you must you must have had to have read a bit I did have to yeah. <laughs> it was, it was a little you, bit. you are you know you are a doctor of music composition yeah, yeah. music yeah. composition or music by composition yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you must I have mean, read a few things i did read a few things yeah i mean yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did the wife hard. did the wife help you <laughs> Well, she's got. She's a she's doctor. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, no, she didn't help me read the articles. No. But did she help you with like structuring how to read and what to? She what? read it through at the end. Yeah. But not with how you were read. You know, when you were researching about what, because Andy West talked to me. You know, I mean, at college, Professor West, mm. who's a PhD, and he was he's saying to me, "He's yeah. a cool guy, isn't he? Yeah. You know, I really." I chatted to someone the other day. He's, he's a brilliant keyboard player and songwriter. Yeah. And he was like, and he was like, I was. Because I was asking him some advice about songwriting stuff, you know, like teaching. What do you teach songwriting? And, yeah, yeah. And um, he was like, "Yeah, I really like this book. It's called The Art of Songwriting. It's by this guy called Andrew West." Oh, I was like, "Oh, book. I know yeah, him." Yeah. He's like, "No way, man!" 
I was like, yeah, he's a really nice dude. He's a great guy, so I, yeah. So I, and he texted me and said, I just can't believe you know him. <laughs> <laughs> is that him now? Yeah. No, it's Rachel. Oh, it's that yeah. guy. Have you put the bins up? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do, you really, do you really know him? <laughs> yeah, Andy's a mega guy, and uh, we, we get on. Lovely dude. Um, yeah, and we get on. We have, we have sort of a very similar sense of humour, and I, I have a lot of admiration for his kind of... But he was saying to me, he was saying, look, the thing is, you've just got to like find the right bits to read... Yeah. You know, and then and then extract, you know, because yeah. that's what all you're doing, you know, and it's like, yeah, I wouldn't know where to start with all that, you know. I just, just the whole thing feels really over, and it's doing the right thing as well, you know, doing something that's yeah. actually purposeful, and you know, and I, you know, like the podcast for me actually, it's better format. Yeah, 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 because it's an archive, you know, it's just an archive, and getting to like. It's, like even talk to you and reminisce with you is like it's another archive for me mm. of, of a really important part of my life and development you know not just mm. as a musician but as a person you yeah, know yeah, and all yeah, that stuff yeah. you know it's, it's interesting uh, isn't it yeah it's kind of yeah. it's a nice thing to do isn't it yeah I mean I just think I, it's funny because I was in this meeting the other day about um, with this whole bunch of like heavyweight professors from various mm. Manchester universities I mean I was just I felt like you know, like a guy that's basically just learned you major scale, like playing the gig with, I don't know, John Coltrane, Coltrane or something. Like that. <laughs> like, you know, it really it's was. Funny like everyone that. goes to Coltrane, <laughs> yeah. don't they? Yeah, yeah. You know, I was just, yeah, trying to do like a gig. You know, like I was trying to think of someone with, like, trying to do an Ari Honig gig when you know it just can just about hold together 4 oh, 4 man, or something. Guy, fucking you know, it's, it's like, yeah, it was one yeah. of those kind of situations that it's just kind of regretting everything that I said, you know, in, you know, in hindsight. Right. Although I probably, everything was probably fine, but. Yeah. Just um how did I start Well it's just that thing of, of yeah, about about where, you know, the arenas we put ourselves in, yeah. where we feel like we contribute and where think, we have our strengths. Oh that's what it was. Because it it's just like I just think the whole like it's like a self perpetuating thing, academia. Yes. You know, it is. It's like they have their journals where mm-hmm. they publish research. Yeah. I mean this isn't always the case because obviously things do cross over. But in mm. But you can see, I, I can see from an outside perspective why it would be seen as inward-looking. Yeah, it's just these super bright, clever people. You know, a lot of whom are very nice, and some of whom find social interactions quite difficult. Yeah, yeah. But are very, very, very clever. Yeah, yeah. And that's where yeah. they focus their time and energy. Yeah. Um, well, we found a place to be, haven't we? Yeah, the, the be accepted and, and function and <laughs> you know be useful. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that guy Ken Robinson, you know him. Is a educational uh, professor of a kind of educational theorist kind of thing, I suppose. No, I don't. He's know, died no. recently, but his his TED talk is like the most famous TED talk in the that's ever happened. You know, the most watched TED talk. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, right, and uh, okay. he's like, um, he says in that TED talk, he says, uh, he says uh, because he was a professor, and he went, yes, but university professors, a bit like their bodies are just transportation for their heads. <laughs> You know, oh, wow, yeah, you yeah. know, it's just like yeah, that's yeah. their their entire yeah. function is just about transporting their brain around. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And yeah, and there is a sense of that. That's just that inward-looking <laughs> thing, mm. which I guess is the same for all kind of particular kind of domains of work, isn't it? Well, jazz gets that reputation, Very much doesn't so, yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, it's uh, impre- it can feel like impregnable music or yeah. self-indulgent. And I think music. it has that kind of from an outside perspective can see, be seen as quite intimidating you know and quite um, it's intimidating when you're playing it 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Playing it's for jazz me. academia, either. Yeah, I, yeah. But just that, I think yeah. that sense of, I guess, for you, like starting a journey of doing something which seems intimidating. Yeah, well, it's not even started, so yeah. No, it, but it, the, the thought, <laughs> yeah. the thought yeah, yeah. of starting I'm something like that, yeah, yeah. would be. Um, <laughs> see what I mean there, though? Um. <laughs> they, yeah, would be daunting. Yeah, oh, it's like. Yeah, and it's just that thing of making. So it gets back to this project thing, you know. Because the thing that I remember you saying to me, somebody else, a few people have said it to me. They were like, "Well, you just like just do one that's a performance kind of doctorate, you know, based on project like performing, and you, yeah. and, you know, you can do a little bit of retrospective, do a whole load of now, and then and then some forward thinking, you know. So you've got kind of a little bit of context in yourself. Yeah. I don't know. That really. sounds good advice. Who said that? You said that. Did I? Yeah, and two other people. Same. In fact, Mark said that to me, actually. Did he, yeah? Yeah, he just said, you know, you can't go too far back, but you can just, like, you've got to have come from something and be yeah, able to yeah. contextualise that, you know, with other people like yeah. you and all people that you know or people you don't know. I don't know. I don't really know how you do that. But yeah. But the thing that, the, the glaring thing for me, and this is, like, what's different about our journey, is, like, well, from the outside, profoundly looks different, is that you're, like, you have... You'd have those options to go. Oh yeah, I'm doing these these things, you know, and they're real things. Right. And like I, I just go. I've just been a professional side person, you know, forever. So there's no real, you know, apart from obviously you know, I've made an album with you and mm. other things. But they're, they're projects that you know have happened a while ago and they're finished, you know. And so retrospectively, they're probably not. But just that thing of go, not going from project to project, you know, and just kind of occasionally being involved in projects and then doing nothing and all these kind of gaps it's all like very stop starting it kind of sums up my kind of relationship with practicing as well you know and with right. kind of progress it's kind of very kind of peaky Peak and then trophy yeah, yeah. and then you know not consistent you know i'm at a very kind of not point not at one degree above horizontal trajectory <laughs> have been on the steady incline <laughs> yeah but that's <laughs> like a um, period, yeah. what's it called contemplation on the, the real McCoy you know oh, yeah. and it just does that doesn't it and it's amazing it builds yeah, yeah. but it builds by like 0.001 every yeah. like bar Elvin is just kind yeah, of yeah. Well, that's your trajectory so. I was listening to Reaching Forth the other day they had that album McCoy Tiner uh, no Flippin' Egg Roy Haynes is tearing oh, it up on that. When's oh, that like from then? I think it's like mid-60s. Mid-60s, right. So it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Right, I'll check it out. Yeah, it's just right hands. Just, my God. Yeah, yeah, still alive as well. Still playing. Is he? 97. Go on, right hands. Yeah, he's like, he looks like about 80. You know, he, look, he looks... <laughs> Talking well. He's looking about When you know you've had a good life, if, if there's someone saying that. Like yeah, you. you're nearly 100. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, but wow. no, it's interesting, that kind of projects thing. So it's all kind of... It always leads back to me. I've got my own sort of personal journey of this sort of thing of, like, what am I doing? And then there's the thought practice thing. The last six months has been a really quite profound thing of actually... It doesn't matter, you know. Mm -hmm. Just actually... Just... just enjoy that time you know yeah. and sit down and have process and and just kind of practice things and be yeah, and do yeah. them properly you know but, and but enjoy I guess that, them but that's what I did I just transitioned that into kind of making CDs yeah you know I was just I didn't know what I was doing just sitting down enjoying it and doing it yeah yeah but you I just I, I always felt like you had a real sense of some kind of motivation though what's kind of under that 
thing, you know. It's like um, it wasn't certainly wasn't global uh, pandemics. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was global you know, it was just like I just I think what I realised when I think I think I talked about this last time was mm. playing with Ari. It's like a real life changing Ari Hone. It was like this real life Absolutely. thing. And spending like a week yeah, with yeah. him where he was staying in my house and seeing what you know, just how they operate, those kind of guys and the yeah. kind of level that they're at and feeling that yeah that vibe when you're playing with them. I just realised that to be that jazz musician that I wanted to be, which was yeah. that American thing mm. I couldn't do that here no so what I had to decide I guess and, and this is it's not like I made a decision one day it was a, just a, a gradual transition mm. was that if I want to get better at music and and mm. then I can do that here in geographically located in Manchester as opposed to you know I didn't want yeah. to go to New York I, I didn't have the money I was it just didn't even really cross my head as an option. Right. I, it, I would find it too scary, I think. You know, yeah, and, and you need cash to do something like that, which I didn't have. You do, yeah. Um, you do. And you need yeah. confidence, which I didn't have. You know, I've been to New York loads of times and never, never got up at a jam. You know, it, do you know what I mean? Right. You know, so it's just kind of, it wasn't really meant to be for me. But what I realised was that I could get better here. I just needed to yeah. do stuff, other stuff. Yeah. Then practice jazz. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I remember, and yeah, I need yeah. to find like that well of energy, just just redirect the focus of it mm. to something else. And I guess like finding computers was you know and <clears throat> was a good kind of direction because I was then able to record myself and then over a long time I've learned I've learned about that a lot. You know, and I've yeah, learned how yeah. to use that now, you know, in a way that yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've got some level of mastery over that environment and that I can kind of improvise in that environment and perform in that, in that world. Right. Depending on the situation that I'm working yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, yeah. and it's kind of things can, if I'm kind of, you know, like working with a singer, like things can be really spontaneous in the computer as they would be on a gig on the guitar. You, do, do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think, oh, so I that kind of right. like, I guess like computer chops, you know, and mm. just kind of like, you know, just like not tricks, but stuff that I do, like I would turn on a delay on the guitar at a specific thing at a gig. Yeah, I yeah. can do that in the computer and, and kind of edit things really fast and, you know. With just in Ableton <clears> mainly in or Pro Tools, in Pro Tools. what I use all the time. You just use Pro Tools now, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, not that one's any better than the other, but you know, it's just kind of just what I use. But um, yeah, just kind of getting into that, and then just realizing mm. I think over from doing the PhD, I don't know if I talked about that. The kind of model that I came up with is kind no. of former composer producer kind of and like this separation of roles that I undertake in the creation of recorded music. Yeah, has has really helped. You know, that's the that's the best thing for me. Right. You know, that's come out of having done this research and having, like, just like having been forced to reflect on what I do and kind of how I do it and why I do it. It's been a real eye opener. It's been really beneficial. What has it changed? What? It's changed. Anything, um, like, anything fundamental? I mean, probably little things, but is there anything like that really. I think yeah, the fundamental change is that I've 
I've realised I'm doing a lot of things. Yeah. And I'm not just a guitarist, you know. No, yeah, yeah, no, yeah absolutely. You know, yeah. That actually, yeah, yeah. I am doing a lot of jobs that were traditionally undertaken by several people. Yeah. And yeah, <clears throat> I guess, yeah. you know, through technology, we're afforded the ability to do that. You know, I'm afforded the ability to sit in my room with my laptop and yeah. have a more powerful studio than than any studio that exists in the in the physical world. You know, True. Yeah, yeah, you know, well, yeah. So that's that's an amazing affordance, isn't it? But yeah. the, but I guess the flip side of that is that unless you are conscious of the roles that would normally exist in a traditional physical studio. Yeah. You know, like yeah. a producer, yeah. like a songwriter or a composer, yeah, like an engineer, yeah. like an artist or a performer. Yeah. And that those are different and mm. they have a different skill set mm. and there is crossover but they are quite distinct roles and at different mm. parts of the process of getting from a, an initial idea to a finished mm. track or a finished album, there's, there's times where each one of those roles needs to have more domination of, the, of what's going on. Yeah, you know, they yeah. need to make key decisions at, at specific times. Yeah. So how do you do that in yourself? Because that's, <coughs> that's immediately what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the, the classic artist-producer clash, you know, where you get like a producer who's got an idea about how they well, want Well, I'm never going to have that, am I? No. <laughs> no, but is, have you got like a way of, I'm just thinking about how you, how you do that, try and be kind of, made, I don't know, more external about the, the well, compositional I mean, side of it or the well, artistic side of it, I don't know. I guess a produ like the producer, like from it, in my, and this is just purely personal to me. Yeah. And yeah. this is the model that I proposed in my kind of research findings, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Is that the producer has like the overarching kind of role. So the producer is the person that is can providing like the context of things that are going to happen. Yeah. So the music is going to sit in a specific kind of, I mean, not a genre, but in a specific sound world or context. And the producer just can describe what that is or yeah. outlines that. And does the producer know the audience? I mean, the producer is a really complex role. Yeah, it's yeah. It's really complex. Yeah. So the producer, <laughs> the producer is like skilled. I mean, I can really go into it if you want. No, it's so really the producer interesting. Is skilled in so many ways. Yeah. So they're really good at music. They're really good at, with people, like social skills. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're really good with technology, and they're really good at understanding that they have to probably act differently when they're talking to the label to when they're talking to this recording engineer to yeah. when they're talking to the artist. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're well. I mean, there's. People describe, you know, um, I can get old. Yeah, fucking hell. What is it? Um, who describes them? Mike Howler in his paper describes the producer as nexus, is the nexus between all of the different yeah, elements. Yeah, it makes, um, yeah. And they're the, yeah, they, yeah. No, they're the person that's guiding, they're steering the ship, basically. Yeah. And, and, and like, so the executive the executive producer role. Don't know what they do. No, I've always yeah. wondered. That's the thing that's confused me. Cause They're probably more business related, I would imagine. Yeah, or maybe they, they make sure stuff gets done, you know. Yeah. I don't know. That if they're just I think there's a real fit. difference between, like, what, what people... There's a difference between a producer of an album and a bedroom producer. Yeah. You know, that's quite different, although, they, again, there's crossover. Yeah. But a bedroom producer is just someone who sits at a laptop kind of making music making beats you know or kind of you know just doing stuff themselves don't they whereas a producer yeah. it, it's yeah, yeah. you know a producer in the you know in the 1960s like mm. your George Martin yeah was not that 
because it wasn't a bedroom producer. You know, no, it, it no, didn't no. undertake the role. Didn't undertake the roles of a bedroom producer anyway. No, no. Or Creed Taylor or someone like that. Yeah, yeah. all of those people. Yeah. Yeah. Respect you know, But it's, there's that thing in there on. about yeah, like Wall of it was it was a sound world, wasn't yeah. it? And it's like that's going to occupy a certain space socially and yeah. and all those things. It's going to appeal to certain people. Like Blake Mills is a modern one. It's a good one. To, you know, right. Sound okay. Worldwise, amazing. Oh, right. Amazing album called Mutable Set. It's just brought out. Right. Fantastic. It's just yeah, it's magical. Because it's it sort of what, because like I always think, because I could talk a lot with <coughs> students about, um, and I was talking about this on the podcast, it's not even out yet, it's actually it's supposed to go out two days ago, I've not even done it, it was one I did on on Sunday, um, which is called Circle Cycles and uh, Concepts, and it's... It's like a Jarrett trio album sound. Yeah, it just sounds like a complete mess. <laughs> And it, and it was all about concentrating. Actually, it was all about con- about what you concentrate on, having something to concentrate on. You know, I was listening to this. This and guy. Said, I still like this is like a perfect like academic title, right? So it, yeah. you can say methods of concentration. Yeah. Colon, circles. What was it? It's cycle circles. Cycle circles, circles concepts. Concept, I mean, that's yeah. it. That's your PhD title, right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking at the time. <laughs> I was like, because because I, I basically titled it cycle circles concepts and then I realised that it was about concentration and I hadn't put that in the title yeah. so I'd like missed out the main <laughs> the four C's it's three C's four C's but anyway I was talking because I talk a lot with when I'm <coughs> teaching about sound you know because uh, of all the things that I can offer anybody mm-hmm. teaching drums I can help really help people find a different sound world than the world that they occupy if they right. want to make that change. On the, ki- on the kit. On the drums, yeah. yeah. Not not in any other way. Yeah. But the just like physically, um, I, I just kind of think I know a lot about it, you know. Yeah. And it, a lot of it's about understanding who you're listening to and about what you really aspire to sound like and getting an idea in your head. Mm-hmm. And, there's, and there's a physical thing, a gravity thing, a physics thing. It's all a physics problem on drums, yeah. you know, in relation to weight, you know, essentially, because mm-hmm. that's what it is. And uh, but there's this thing like when like I'm thinking about Brian Blade, like has created this like real strong sound world thing from the drums, mm. and it's like what you're talking about. It's like it's like a producer. It's like he's created a genre of drum mm. sound. You yeah, know, yeah, self-produced. Yeah. And it's like really, it's like sort of blow my mind. You know, this kind of thing of that's what a lot of those. Like that's quite kind of what Eric Harlan's done, you know. And a lot mm-hmm. of these players, they seem to have Mark really. Jackson, yeah. yeah. Tony Williams. I mean, yeah. that individualized kind of sound. Work, but do you yeah. think? Yeah. Do you think they that was more because it was new, and now people are are having to nuance because because it's so much information. Well, you say that until the next person who thinks it's something new comes along, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And Mark Giuliano, he got it somewhere together. Didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah Summit, you know, yeah. you know, something identifiable. Well, you take Juliana, Bill Stewart, and Eric Harland. Well, some, they all have the same teacher, like, you know, like Matt you know. Chamberlain. Yeah, and sure. he's brilliant. Like yeah, that. yeah. He plays with um, uh, Brad Meldon. He's on Highway Rider, Does he? isn't he? Does he? Matt Chamberlain. No way. I think he's on I'm Highway sure. Rider. Him and um, Jeff Ballard. What's the other guy called? He's really good. He plays with Tom York's band. You know that um, Atoms of uh, what the hell is it called? Oh, I don't know. He's so, really so many of them. He's great, that guy, though. I don't, I don't know. You'll have heard him. Yeah, yeah, well, there's so it's many not a jazzer, of them. I don't think. No, no, no. Um, but, yeah, just that thing of... 
of you know, like blades. Oh. You know, well, just that blades yeah. kind of sound world thing. What you're talking about, uh, that producer role of being able to be that, because like that's what I that's what I always think you've always done on the guitar. You know, because I can think about how you sounded when I first met you. Yeah. And then when we played a lot for years and years together, mm. and then there was you know we. But well, it's of, interesting hearing that thing that you found, the, you know, the stuff with Judy and yeah, and yeah, yeah. It still sounds like me. It's really yeah. weird, you know. It's like really you know, in a like good you. way.
it sounds like the stuff you did for me on my never release record thing you know when you played those on those the melody before me melody before me yeah yeah that was released wasn't it you saw it. I've got a CD of that. I like seven people bought it, I think. Eight, maybe. Well, I re-recorded a lot of it. I re-recorded the drums on a lot of it, actually, and, right. and it's on Bandcamp now. Right. But cool. uh, but the, the track that was always... I mean, seven or eight is quite a highly successful jazz album. It's pretty yeah, good. Like no, 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 no. It said, uh, I think, 17 in the chart at one point. <laughs> yeah. Globally. Global. <laughs> Global oh, jazz. Yeah. But no, there was that tune on there called um, for a short while that you played that. That and that's the that's the tune that's been the most and that's no drums on that <laughs> <laughs> well it's you and richard weather it's richard weather all playing the piano and then that the, was a lovely then, ballad it's like a ballad type thing yeah and you did that one that. take at the end and you were like this is was that that it. was in cholan was it in cholan it was in my flat in cholan yeah on, on well in, no, uh, in wasn't alexander it? road south was it not in that house in that you live with that uh airplane engineer no, you did it. You recorded that take in my flat on the corner of Stanley Road was. and Alexander Road South. The hookers milling by outside. Hookers, yeah. the hooker, and they used to get, used to get in my car and used to park up off the gig. <laughs> and they'd go, oh, sorry, love, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, they used to know, yeah. But they'd never recognise the car. It's like, I've All never right. had different I mean, cars. I mean, they must be in such a Oh, yeah, it's like horrendous. But they always used to, yeah, used to kind of get in the car when I used to pull up. Because I used to I pull into the road. Flat, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's quite nice. I like that flat. I did, actually. It was a weird, it was a weird time, though. Some weird stories for that, that flat. That was post Levin June, wasn't it? Was it post It was pre... Uh, sorry, it was post Graham Marsh's house on Graham Clyde Marsh. Road. That was a nice house, wasn't it? Bloody yeah, up. yeah, that was an amazing house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I lived there after I was in hospital for a bit, and then I moved into yeah. that flat. You and played then, piano all the time, and then I used to. Yeah, I used you to have a studio in the basement. I, was, I started. I did some recording. You in did there. your first album in that with with, with Andy Schofield and Ian and all that lot, Luke. Yeah. Yeah, not that, that that never actually got properly released, but yeah, that with Phil France was on that. Phil and Luke, France and, and Luke. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you we recorded that take because I remember I played you the track and like you had your guitar, you had your SG, you know, and mm. then you just played along to it, and I was like doing my usual nonsense after I was going, "That's great, man, brilliant." Yeah, so can we just go for another pass? And you were just like, "That's it." Did I? Yeah. How confident am I? Yeah, yeah, it was amazing, and I was like, "All oh, right, but do you want to just?" That's it. God, I, I was wish like, I could be like that with myself. Yeah, and I was like, that's, that's, and it's like, people talk about that bit on that track as more than probably the rest of all that music.
because the end <clears throat> the end's got all these sounds of um, it's just got world sounds. It was recorded out of Graham's window on a mic on a four on four. I just yeah. recorded the street one day. I was just demoing. I yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then I was like, oh, I really like the sound of that. And then the, and then he used it on the end. Yeah. And the intro of it is out the window of that flat because it's rain on the on the road. Rain on the there's road. loads of rain on the road, and then the piano comes in. Yeah. And then there's all these like I use this yeah, this rolling keyboard that I tweaked all the patches, just the synth sort of string patches, mm. and they were all they're all recorded in audio. They weren't MIDI, because I because yeah. I didn't because I didn't have the Old keyboard, school. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I didn't know what I played, you know. Yeah. And Richard transcribed the piece for me from an improvisation that I wrote Lovely. on the keyboard in that flat in Powerfield, and yeah. I'd never. It was like this little piece that was just on the keyboard. I think that's the thing, isn't it? And and this is where like. I guess like if you, when you're asking about like producer role, yeah, stuff, uh, is that when you, th when you start to think about like composition and how to capture it, mm. it's like well you just did it, didn't you? Yeah, you know you just yeah. for whatever reason that wave came, you rode it, and yeah. there there it is, there's the tune, you know, and I think that we're kind of missold this kind of idea that to compose something is like hard. And you mm. you go into the with like a just this huge lump of rock and you hack away and over time this work of genius emerges you know and, yeah I think and it's you're just right. like and yeah. it's just like well yes sometimes that is well, the Be case Beethoven's that isn't it and yeah. and Bartok and sort of yeah, but I, yeah. those guys were also just vibing it weren't they yeah they, they, were, they were doing it know. all the time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, they're just doing it because they had to, yeah. Yeah, because a lot of them because they had to. Yeah, and that's true. No, and yeah. they, they were great, but, but I think, but I think, compositions come out in lots of different ways, don't they? Yeah. You know, and and sometimes, yeah, they just come out, and there they are, fully yeah. formed yeah, as they are. Yeah. And actually, if you can capture that, well on record. Yeah. Then it works, doesn't it? You know, and um, I guess one album that I did well you did your million stream improvisation didn't you on yeah. Spotify it's on the which, two million which now, is yeah. now I was going to say yeah. it's probably more double that by now but 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 I mean not that that means anything but I guess what it suggests is that actually um, uh, that you can kind of believe in that side of it yeah, in, yeah. do you know what I mean and yeah. believe in yeah, like yeah, going yeah. with that kind of just riding the wave let it just come out there it is you know, and yet you know that doesn't work all the time, but kind of capturing that spirit yeah. sometimes is is quite a something that I certainly never thought was the right way to do it. And oh, I think, okay. and I think that doing that, yeah, doing that album called Solitude, which was just improvisations, and I just set up some mics in my music room for a right. week, and I just played for an hour a day, for a week. And then I got an album out of it. And is that that? That's that tune. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, you yeah. just think, yeah. So, so all that time, so, so then that kind of made me think maybe there's something about that, and maybe there's something good, mm. you know, that 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 kind of process has value, you know. Um, oh, I totally agree with you. Yeah. So I guess that was, but but prior to that, like the producer in mm. me had decided. For a number, well, for, I can tell you why. It's because I would do gigs and people would be like, man, that was amazing, you know. 
like do a solo gig and like you know people come and go yeah. you know what happened and it's just I was just making it up and they were like I can't believe you're just making that it's incredible so you know you kind of get that kind of sense of like well they were fooled <laughs> you know like not fooled but but you know th- there was something that happened you know in that room where you just kind of something happened yeah, yeah. and they felt it just like I felt it yeah oh, so it's sure. like okay yeah. so maybe that it's probably why they so felt maybe it. <laughs> You know, rather than kind of thinking, right, I need to make an album, right, let's write some music beforehand, let's get a click on, let's record it, let's find the very best bits, let's have them all together, let's get a perfect take. Yeah. Maybe that's not the right way to do it, you know, and maybe just letting something out. This is the producer thinking, you know. Yeah. So how how do I do that? How do I make that for, the, for the, me, the guitarist? How does me, the producer, make that happen? But you kind of, I guess, the first thing to, is to set the environment as to mirror the live environment as much as possible. Right, I see. Yeah, yeah, that's true, actually. So that's why. Yeah, yeah. I didn't do that fully, but what I did do was do that as much as I could in my little music room. Yeah, well, Christopher Ferguson wasn't bringing you olives, was he? No, it wasn't no, quite the same. Sadly. Me and the dog. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, but it was just that sense of like yeah. just turn the bloody click off yeah yeah you know yeah, maybe yeah. let's just try pressing record and seeing what happens from that silence you know like you do on gigs and let's just go with that and and I guess it was slightly because I didn't use loop pedals I didn't have I just did it totally acoustically on that album yeah and I was like and it worked you know there was that mm. kind of sense of like validation wasn't there it was like you know it got in a big playlist it's still there in the playlist and it's going yeah. you know yeah, yeah. well it connects to it's that thing about sound world again isn't it because if you think about well we were talking weren't we about that recording we found that unearthed the thing and you said I still mm. sounded like me mm. it's like well I, from the outside you always have sounded like you mm. on that record on you know on the what was I talking about the other day? You posted that tune. I always forget the name of it. That oh, uh, uh, yeah, it's my fa- It's like my favorite of your tunes. You know, it just still sounds like <clears> you. You know, yeah. even, even though the the style of it is, you know, I, I hear it. You know, in other kind of music and stuff, mm. but it's like I can, you know, I can hear that it's like your sound. You know.
not even playing the SG anymore, which is more yeah. familiar to me than yeah. than than the acoustic thing, you know. Yeah. But it's that that thing of being able to connect that sound world that you're in, as well, you know, and have that identity, which yeah. is um, yeah, it's really. It's really interesting. I find that thing really fascinating. Well, it's all, I guess, like, know. it's a lot of it is, um, <laughs> like, internal validation structures. Yeah. Is, you know, is that we yeah, kind yeah. of, for, for a number of, well, for a, a, a huge myriad of reasons, mm. we, we set structures in our head which make, oh, make shit. us kind of, um, you know, validate some things as good and validate some things as bad yeah you know or, or some things that we do want to do and some things that we don't you know mm. in all aspects of our life but certainly in terms of our musical development that is something that we um it, it's always under development and always under kind of in a kind of state of flux what those structures are but i think um yeah yeah there true. is a real kind of value to, to try and start to understand this is what the PhD for me was to try and first of all recognise that that was happening but right. then secondly to, to to be more decisive about what they are <laughs> you know okay yeah you know yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. and I think it's that sense of in the roles or just in just in general just uh, in but, 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 then, but then how that then feeds out into the roles as yeah well. okay yeah. so I think that I think what it it's given me a sense of not being like a leaf on a on a stream just getting thrown around, which is how I felt for a long time. You know? That's what it, I always you know, feel like. Yeah, but yeah. to have a bit of like a rudder where you can, you know, you're still going to get yeah. thrown around, but you have got a sense of like being able to steer the course a bit, you know. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. And yeah. just just you know, kind of being conscious about why do I do music in the way that I do? You know, what are the influences on me? Not just like from the records that I've listened to, but no. like you know, the the geographical lo location that I make music in, the kind of wider culture and society that I exist in, yeah. the technology that's around yeah. me, all of that stuff, you know, it's mm. really, mm. you know, it, it hugely feeds into what you do, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. I think this, I spent a long time not really thinking about that, and I think becoming more conscious of that has made me able to be more decisive and directional in in where I choose to focus yeah my kind of validations I suppose you know yeah 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 you know yeah. still get carried away obviously that's always going to be a part of it isn't it but you know like we mean like losing control no you know just kind of going on going like a bit feeling like that kind of childish kind of energy yeah. yeah, we were talking about this with that's student the student yesterday. Isn't it? That's the yeah, yeah. Person, yeah. There's the childish and childlike, and I was saying to yeah. a student yesterday, you know, we grow out of being childish. Hopefully, yeah. I said we yeah. don't actually. By the way, I'm nearly yeah. fifty. I'm still childish. Yeah. But as a player, it's trying to remember to be childlike, like, you know, yeah, and play, you know, be playful. Just being innocent, yeah, and open. You know? Yeah, and open. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't be childish and throw your toys out the pram, no. you know, no. which is the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, yeah, it's really. Um, but yeah, that those that role thing is. Yeah, I never really thought about. It. I, well, I'd never known really that that was how you were thinking about things. You know, it is it's now. kind of obvious actually. Now you say yeah. it. So I'm thinking about the music that you make and when. So like when you're working. So like one of the things that I wanted to ask you about. Last time, which kind of um, like I was thinking about really strong personalities in drummers, you know, mm. and. 
the sort of and this isn't in, in any way meant to sort of stir any kind of difference of approach but I'm thinking about like like Luke's approach to practicing mm. like he's really this kind of thing of really someone I actually really think understood the purpose of practice and what it kind of gave him how it empowered him you know mm. as a player you know and mm. I think the shit he got together and he really worked on it you know he did yeah. and he's got his sound else, yeah. yeah and like he's got his sound together and he's got a real identity as a player and all those things it's just like you know but has never recorded anything like anything really I mean I mean himself as, as a kind of artist you know mm. he's always been like uh, and then he's been given the opportunity to do that as well I know I yeah, like yeah. yeah but like Richard Spaven on the other side of it, who's someone yeah. you work with a lot is like I think as Richard um, I, do, I, I don't know whether this is wrong like and I've never thought about you in this way actually but I've always thought Richard is equally a drummer and a producer mm. like and maybe even as a, and a composer as well but mm. certainly a producer someone who's got like that has brought something from that world to the drums yeah. he's not taking something from the drums to that world you know, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean Absolutely. I don't even know yeah, if that's yeah. right that you does, know? Yeah. so the Richard as producer and drummer as opposed to Luke who's just a drummer well, no, no, not really. no. So, like, I was just thinking about like how, like, because they're two drummers you work with a lot. Like, how you, like, so when you're working with Richard, I'm like really fascinated about how do you sort of defer to a role in that relationship because um, uh, I mean, it's, it's depending on what it is, I suppose. With Richard, I mean, um, yeah, which is yeah. whiskey, have you? Uh, brandy. Ah, beautiful. Be Randy. Very nice. Yeah. <coughs> that I guess like um, it's hard to know like how they've developed I mean I've known like Luke obviously since I've played so much with Luke since I was like 18 yeah and we practiced together loads when we were like in I was in my early 20s and he was in his late 20s yeah <coughs> used to like go down to the rehearsal rooms all the time playing and yeah, you know, as well as doing lots of jams and gigs and all sorts of stuff, mm. and doing so, cinematics for years together. Didn't yeah, you? yeah, yeah, doing that, and that was always kind of uh, always like trying to have a bit of a play and sound check and just like egging each other on to you know, try some silly things and stuff. Um, yeah, <clears throat> but that kind of waned over the years. It's really yeah, annoyed yeah. everyone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just stop doing that, but. Um, yeah. We'd always be practicing in the dressing room and stuff with that, you know. I remember someone saying, God, you guys never stop. Because we'd just be, it was so exciting doing those gigs, you know, where you're yeah. basically oh, getting, yeah. like, just getting, especially for Luke, just getting total free reign to do whatever he wants. And I had that for quite a while, actually, where I could just kind of just totally fuck up, really, you know. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Not in a kind of, but, you know, hopefully in a musical and, you know, kind of compositionally appropriate way. But there was a certainly an element of egging Luke on quite a bit, you yeah, know, in those yeah. gigs because it it was a great energy, you know, mm. and I guess that we would take in what we'd kind of worked on to get, mm. not worked on what we'd kind of developed. Well, you brought your sound world to that music, didn't you? Yeah, like so I, I guess it, it kind of it instead instead of yeah instead yeah. of it just being Luke's thing <coughs> yes, there, it was also it, mine and Luke's thing yeah, together, that, you know. That's the oh yeah, that you know, feels and, like and uh, his thing is so central to that music you know whereas my, so. mine was kind of an add-on for a bit you know yeah but that's the, the thing that was interesting where your addition to that music was the thing before that for me was it was 
that was I used to just think of and not that he dominated the music but he's so strong in that sound well I mean right if you heard the first it. album it's called In Motion <sighs> I mean it, I think that I, that's that's I think mm. that's what that's kind of probably is my favourite album of theirs you know and that right. was with when it was just pretty much Jay he, yes he was the main dude he um he was working, I think he was doing like marketing or something at Ninja Tune at the time. He was just like an office. So he'd done like a fine arts degree, worked on a building site for a couple of weeks and thought, fuck this, you know. And yeah. he didn't want it, and his parents <laughs> were trying to get him to do some teaching. He's like, no, I don't want to do that. For a record label. So yeah, I mean, I mean, it, he was kind of like a house DJ. In the, he had like a night in Shoreditch when, before Shoreditch was... Shoreditch, yeah. Became, when yeah. it when it was kind of a bit more artistic, I think. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, and then I guess through that, I don't know. If, I I actually don't know whether he was working on the label and then the house date or vice versa, you know. No. But that, that's what he did, and then he kind of he just said, yeah, I used to go home and I used to drink a really big coffee and I'd, I'd just get the vinyl out, do some sample. I guess he was just in that world, one you know, where people there was just like sample, but it's just DJs making music. That's what Ninja Tune was, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And very, um, so. very successfully, yeah, and and I guess he made this record in motion, and it's it is brilliant. I mean, it's so good, <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's so timeless, you know. It's it's like those, yeah, um, yeah. So it's just like a classic album, you know, that will mm. always sound great. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It won't be ever be dated. No, it doesn't. It sounds really fresh now. You yeah. put it on, it sounds like really great, you know. Mm. Um. <clears throat> and then they did this tour. That would have been what ninety seven ish. I actually can't. Remember. I I don't know. Yeah. It was I I'd not heard of him at that point in my no, life. You know, I came to this yeah. album later. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. But that's yeah. oh, alright. Um, and they did this tour without Luke or pre Luke, and yeah. I think the drummer was a bit cack. And then, because Phil was doing it with Jay, Phil was like, I know this really good guy. You know, and then they got Luke and, and Jay. I mean, like Luke is like the perfect guy, you know, because it was all yeah. like Buddy Rich samples and Jack Dijonette samples and yeah, stuff, you know. Yeah. And yeah, it was yeah. just like, you know, he's got that sound. Yeah, yeah. Then he's got that touch and he's got that taste, but then he's got the kind of reckless, psychedelic yeah. 70s funk yeah, thing, which, which is... they also love, you know. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's <clears> that big <throat> sound. And, and, and Luke's one of them, and he's just like, no matter, if you get him on it, get him on your recording it'll sound good yeah you know and and actually it'll probably sound great and actually it's really hard to mute him <laughs> you know because it'll be great and it'll and it'll bring something to it yeah that you've not thought of you won't want to you know edit and, it and, and this is the thing it, with the yeah. breath actually that yeah. i've realized you know that it was you know i had rob malarkey on the first album rob malarkey well, apart from Raina, you know, and her vocals, like, it was just, just, you know, you can't mute them. And she's, like, she's always got about another 14 harmonies, even though she's already added 10, you know, and they she's all sound music, amazing. Musical gout vibe, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's just like, yeah. more, 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 yeah, you know. Yeah, you know. Kind of wither all the way there. But yeah, yeah, and yeah. me too, and I love that, you know. But then, you know, but then you've got, like, Malarkey on the bass, and you're obviously not going to mute that out, are you? And then you've got Luke no. on the drums, you're definitely going to mute that. If you've got John Ellis on keyboards, you're not going to mute that. And it's just like, then all of a sudden, everything's just filling up everything. You know, it's like, you know, there's only so much bandwidth, isn't there? And I get, yeah, but strong, for all this, for strong all brilliant, identities, though. You know. Yeah, can also sometimes be yeah, overwhelming. Can be yeah. either way, and, yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. blur the original point of the music, I suppose. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's the yeah, yeah, it's the fine line. I, mean, I was lucky enough, as you know, to hear. Um, I don't know if it was was it the original the first album because I learnt that music, didn't I? And you sent me all of his drums on their own. Oh, Luke's thing, yeah. Yeah. They're really the intricate parts, and they're beautiful. I, I just, I just you, love yeah. listening to them. But that's just Luke, and it? He, yeah. he is like the, I guess, it, I mean, the main, um, not the main, I got like a, a significant difference between Luke's approach and Richard's approach is that Luke is just about, he's in the moment. In the he? moment, yeah. You know, yeah. and getting Luke to do the same thing twice is really, really difficult. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Whereas Richard is kind of, it's, it's kind of that kind of is that persevering in the moment to find the thing that he's going to play forever, you know. Yeah. You know, uh, and also able to really able to synchronize, kind of practicing and developing ideas and kind of logic, you know, like, and thinking it out and yeah. making, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and then yeah. getting it together, and but then you're not really knowing that he's done that. But it, and it's just kind of so strong and yeah, you know, but, and, but, but it still sounds very open and fresh and yeah, because that's that's his performer side coming out exactly. It? And yeah, he's able to kind he, of get on top of it all and just totally burn. Jedi it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're so similar in that way. That's what that's what kind of they're so different, but like um, like the thing we you know the thing with Richard when I listen to him because I've just listened to stuff you know on YouTube and things you playing on it different things yeah. but when he's like going for it oh man you know it's like um, it's outrageous yeah, yeah it's <clears throat> it's kind of tra- it sort of I don't know it doesn't transcend that world of what it's from I don't even know what I'm saying really but it just feels like that's the you know the albums are great and it's and it's beautiful. You know like the the, the sound world of it, and the soundscape mm. of it, and the production and the clarity of it, and the the distinct kind of. Tone I think just of the, the space in it as and well, the sp- and the the precision yeah. of it all, like in everything. You know, like just yeah. that. There's not one note on that album that's not meant to be there's not, there. There's no you know, wasted in, in the compositions or in yeah. in the, in the drum parts. Of, you every know, single bass drum. There's that real detail in there, and, yeah. and yeah, which is so amazing. Yeah, to kind of. But he manages to main like when live feels like it's like that gets maintained, but he's kind of burning. I mean, the <laughs> thing is, like Richard is such like an experienced and considered and skilled kind of performer. Mm. You know, whereas Luke is just kind of he's experienced and skilled. Improviser. <laughs> Improviser. He's yeah. Like a jazz musician, you know, he's just it, like it. Well, he's like a. Yeah, he is. Yeah, you know, he's he's. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying he's a jazz like a jazz drummer, but I'm just. But that's the, his, the, the, that's the mentality of it. The is mentality is, and it's it's kind of, but also it's quite rock and roll. Yes. With Luke, isn't oh it? yeah, yeah. In yeah, a, yeah, in yeah. a way that is different to the how Richard approaches it. Yeah, yeah. it's a rock and roll confidence about Luke. Is There's a rock, a rock and rock and roll kind of <laughs> um, exuberance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's, it's kind of like it's it's very childlike. It's very, it's it's very of, endearing. Yeah, um, yeah, he's funny. You know, which, which is which is a beautiful energy in it, you know, and it's absolutely fantastic yeah. to be around. Yeah. For yeah, the most part. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm just, I don't see it at the moment because obviously we used to see each other, I saw him more at work because he, because he obviously started working yeah. at Leeds and, uh, and we used to be in a room that we crossed over. No, I mean, he's ace and I love him, absolutely love him to bits, you know, it's just, yeah. 
Yeah, he's a huge character on on the off stage, and you know, and just kind of yeah, um, yeah, he's got a great dry sense of humour and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. which is kind of part of that character of the. Well, it's like there's always a bit of the sort of mank humour thing and stuff. That's yeah. Kind of omnipresent from all those other people. Yeah. We can think of who in those kind of social scenes. Yeah. Definitely very influential. Sort of the funniest one line of phrases that have ever come out oh, yeah, of yeah, South yeah. Manchester. Good ones, yeah. from, um, I mean, Luke's funny when you're on tour with him because he's just like, you know, he, he might be in like, I don't know, bloody Bratislava or something and he's still coming out with them, like trying to crack on to like people, but you know, they're just clearly not Absolutely. getting any of it, you know. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, totally oblivious. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So funny to watch. Um, but anyway, getting back to the Richard thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, just that thing about your role with because I'm just like, quite like he's, he's just great at like being out and like because like we do this tune. I can't remember what it's called on the album. Um, I know what it's called in the working title, but yeah, it's um, called uh, 23rd or 5th something. That kind of thing, yeah. Because that's what's written on the top of my chart. But oh, it's called Helsinki Trio. That that is what it's called. Oh Although right, okay. It, it, it's yeah. kind of a kind of yeah. It was um, it's kind of a version of a tune that I did on a different album, but he kind of is like, yeah, it's a really great vibe. Can we do something different with it? So we kind of came up with a different thing for his oh, right, okay. album, and it's called Helsinki Trio because Hel- we did this these three gigs in Helsinki mm. um, with Rob. No, it wasn't with Rob. It was with Dan. Oh, with Rob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was just felt like from the. There was just a real thing with the three of us, you know, from the start. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess Richard wanted to kind of like archive that moment, you know. Yeah. But we yeah. do anyway. This this tune, and this is this is Richard, like um, skill, you know. In Richard, he's like, because like when we do Richard gigs, you know, we get to soundcheck and we kind of play quite a lot of the set in the soundcheck. Yeah. Then then we go out to eat. Yeah. Then we go to the dressing room, and we play a lot of the set in the dressing room and then we do the gig yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. there's a real like level of focus because the music's hard yes you know it it's not yeah. like it's not easy and the, and it's quite specific in a lot of ways and then you need to be able to turn it turn it on yeah. in in a specific amount of time to then get back into something else specific yeah it's very architectured in it and it's got that yeah kind of but there's a lot of freedom in it a lot of freedom well. in it yeah there really yeah, is, is you that's know, the thing so, it, so, it, so that's the from a drumming ha- I guess you know. that's the hard thing yeah 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 the, oh, the discipline the, of it it's the discipline yeah. and the focus yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of being able to have your feet constantly in both worlds mm. I think you know yeah yeah, yeah, which yeah. is you know we're all you know, and I think the Manchester thing is just like let's get totally lost in it and let's just kind of go with ideas and it's beautiful and there's no stopping mm. us, you know, you know, but yeah. so it's having a foot in that world all the time, as well as a foot in a world that's kind of watching, not watching the, but you know, kind of being out to kind of be in the arrangement and play the part. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So it's hard. It's a tough gig, you know. It, but in a really challenging and exciting way, you know, not in a kind of like yeah, hard gig, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, right. fulfilling. That's a really good word. Um, it sounds full, Yeah, sounds really nourishing. You know, like it's like taking, taking yeah, all the boxes. I've really missed know. it. Actually, I've got a gig next week with it. Just yeah, Oh yeah, saw that advertised. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. 
really, really excited about that, actually. Yeah, oh, that's going to be amazing. But anyway, getting back to this this first tune, Helsinki Dream. Yeah, is that yeah, yeah. It's like, let's just keep a lid on it. So it's, that is not easy to do, right? So you, you walk out, you know, like, and we've done various shows at Jazz Cafe, you know, sold out 300 people. people like, like going you know, it, And, yeah. the, you know, it's full of drummers desperately want to hear, hear him go crazy. And he's like, nah. You know, and it's, I mean, that takes um, a real focus not to just blam it out from the start. Yeah. It's like, let's just simmer, you know, and that's just like that. I just have so much respect for that kind of level of skill as a performer to be able to control that. Yeah. You know, yeah. control those kind of childish, urgent, not ch- childlike urgent urges to kind of just mm. know you, you know, it's all there in the kind of. Uh, you know, he's like, just let's like, just stay in second on this one. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, you yeah, know, he's just yeah. like, and they know it. They know it's all in, and then they're waiting for it. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's just like yeah. so, like, and and actually doing that creates a tension, which is really engaging. Oh yeah. You know, as yeah. an audience member and, and as a musician, you know, doing it, it's that kind of real, like, just like, oof. You know, and, and like playing really quiet, like quiet. Do you know what I mean? It's Drawing just like. people in, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. a real vibe setter, you know. And I think that, I guess that that would be quite a different approach with Luke. Yeah, yeah. You know, who, yeah. Would, who, would, who would be less able to control all that energy, you know, be in the centre of attention in, the, in that way. Mm. He wouldn't be able to kind of just put a lid on it yeah yeah it's got it's the purpose thing though isn't it? again back yeah. to this thing of you know if you've got this kind of role within what you're doing then it's like it, it's you have the ability to to stay focused on that thing and trust that it's going to have that effect you know it's going to connect yeah. and yeah being that brave with it it is brave decision that kind of thing yeah yeah but yeah. I think Richard isn't afraid of that no, no well, it doesn't need to be, does it? I mean, there's enough, you know. It's that thing. I mean, once you've got a, once you've got a, a legacy is the word I'm looking for. Mm. You know, once you've got a legacy, then you, the more, the more you kind of, you know, walk your path. I think the the way that he's transitioned from sideman to leader, you know, it is is interesting, isn't it? And I think yeah, that's kind of what I'm. That's what I'm trying to understand really the difference between because it's like Luke. You know, I, I mean, I just—it's like you don't know what pe- people's personal circumstances of writing or being that kind of. Mm. You know, I'm going to now take yeah, control. Writing. You know, yeah. and uh, I mean, like, not to bring my own thing into it, but you no, know, I always felt like the music that I write—I was just born in the wrong two decades, too late. You know, right. So that if the music that I would naturally tune would in. would have been popular in the seventies. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like the fusion mm. thing and all that kind of what was going on in the seventies mm. would have had would have been like an easier there would have been more of an energy and audience for it. And you know when I was trying to kind of do that kind of music in a haphazard sort of half-hearted kind of way, mm. there just wasn't an audience either. You know, so it was like all yeah, that. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I don't even be, I don't think I ever really believed it would. Cause I possibly. Believe. I mean, I think it's just it's just like Richard hasn't developed his he's developed his music obviously you know and his you know that but in terms of developing his kind of outward facing 
kind of public thing, which I guess is then built into all of this, you know, it, it kind of Yamaha and yeah, Minel, yeah, and all, all of that all stuff, stuff has yeah. been quite considered with other people, you know, it's not just him doing that by random chance. No, the, the Minel yeah. thing, for, for, for instance, really suits his thing. Like mm. that sound, that that sound world of those symbols, the way those symbols sound. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, I mean, he'd sound great playing Zildjian's or Istanbul's or whatever, you know. I mean, sound... but the thing is, he's re he's really into it. That sound. Isn't That's he? what I mean. He's not doing yeah. it because oh, I've got, got mine old kind of yeah, great a few, no, few symbols. No, because he's just absolutely totally in. Yeah. you know that's his thing that's what he'd be buying same with the Yamaha drums you know exactly. Richard is not the kind of person to kind of just do something for the sake of doing it yeah. it's because yeah, he yeah. fundamentally believes that's 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 what he would be doing anyway yeah yeah. and yeah. he's got those relationships you know I guess partly because of that but I guess because he's approached them in the right way you know, at the right time. Yeah, yeah. There's, it's all well. It's all kind of mutually because he's kind of approached them in the right way, which for the right reasons. You know, yeah, I mean, it's a my, mutually uh, beneficial relationship, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, my, you know, the Istanbul relationship I had was was for the right reasons, but yeah. the the nurturing of it long term wasn't didn't work. You know, because there was there was there was a difference of my expectations and what. Um, what was going on on the other side of it, you know, right. which is why that doesn't relationship doesn't exist anymore, which I'm sad about. But I've not got, I've, you know, all the symbols that I play, they're the same symbols, yeah. and they'll be this. I'll use those symbols for the rest of my life because that's my sound, you know, you know. Mm. And actually, always was part of my sound, really, because I was always into that Jack kind of seven. I mean, that whole thing. I've never really thought about that stuff, you know. You know, just like we've all always been out of buying stuff haven't we it's not like we need free stuff but I think if you actually no. if you really believe and fundamentally connect with specific instrument makers yeah then being a, a kind of practi a practitioner on that particular maker's craft yeah you know it is is a valuable relationship isn't it if you can, you know, if, if you can if get one, if it's just yeah, a thing of yeah. like, can I get a few free guitar strings? It's just like, well, I'm not. I just don't care about that stuff. You know, it's like, well, I'd rather no. just pay my money. You know, and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. making some beautiful textures, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that thing of like, uh, it was in Leeds actually at, at the college, and I, mm. I needed someone asked me to put a click track on a, on a Michael Jackson track so they could use it in this assessment. And it was it was like one of the famous ones that Quincy Jones had produced, you know, like on like yeah, like Thriller Rock album, something, it something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah it's one yeah. of the massive tunes. Billy and I was Jean, like, yeah, sure, no worries. It'll just take me two seconds, you know. I'll just I'll just tap the match the timing into the metronome and I'll just line it up to the grid and I'll just there you go, done. And then I started to do it and I was like, okay, I got the click at the start and then it really started to drift by the time we got into the middle of the verse and then it had gone the other way by the time we got into the chorus. Yeah, and yeah. Like bloody hell, man! It's just not to click whatsoever. Mm. It's just like vibing it. Yeah. You know, and it's just like when did that thing of, like if, well, not in any way, saying that what. I guess I'm. It's just an observation of that experience, that digital yeah. experience, is that yeah, you yeah. can see, how you are compared to the computer. Yeah. You know, and and, it's like you've got to make a judgment as to whether you give a shit about that. Yeah. You know. And I I would love to have my time to be better. And when I play with Richard, especially, I realise how shit my time is. 
you know, compared well, to, and I felt like with Ari as well, you know, it's like, fuck, you know, those guys have a deeper connection with that side of things, you know. And yeah, I mean, Ari's got this, I mean, there's a funny story, not to go off on a tangent, but there's a funny story he told when he did a workshop at college last year. He was talking about what they used to do when they were at the, this college he was at. Oh, this Texas place. Yeah, and they used, to, they, they used to walk around the corridors doing this, and they'd be going... Yeah, all together walking round. Yeah. And I was just like thinking, that's the completely different world. It's mm. so nerdy and strange. Yeah, yeah, but cool, but, but cool to be but like. Yeah. Really like, yeah. you know, like rededicated to being, yeah. you know, and he, and he was doing this thing, clapping, saying, what am I clapping? And uh, he was doing like, he was, he was doing, he was clapping triplets, but he was doing every fifth, so quintuplet groupings, you know, ah, just, you know, that's, so he was doing the, doing the, the dotted crotchets on the floor and then clapping every fifth triplet quaver, you know. Oh, wow. He said, we used to walk around doing that. And, uh, yeah, and, and I, I started not practicing that, but I started practicing those kind of things this in the last six months, you know, and I really realized how shit my time is, you know, mm. like how it's, really well, it not accurate it isn't it, it's no but it's two, it's two things one is no it's not shit at all I've got a feel so if I've got a feel I'm communicating my feel in a time frame that's mm. my time frame mm. and if people want to love that and get into it that's beautiful they don't they don't like it tough shit and that's mm. why some people don't like playing with me some people do like playing with me you know because mm. I'm not a grid kind of guy but the, but, so the, so the, but the other side of the time thing is about having that like being like you know, really keeping a hold of a of a pulse and actually being more single minded about it, and not and being so a bit less of a like, listener. Okay, so what what would happen and is is if metronomes had never been invented? Well, so there's this so there's this whole Hal Galper thing. Have you ever seen that workshop where he's teaching that guy, and he's talking about the natural sustain of the instrument to play in time? Right. Okay. And um, I haven't seen that now. But he gets into this thing towards the end of it, so he's quite a way in, so you've got to kind of stick with it. And it's really interesting anyway, but he says, I can help you play in time perfectly without a metronome, you know, on this instrument, um, because this instrument has a natural amplitude, you know, mm. that when you play at a certain volume, it, it makes a certain... Sound for a specific amount of time, yeah. And then you get the overtones start to come in, you know, on the piano. Mm-hmm. It's probably similar to the guitar, isn't it? No idea. Um, no, but you probably Sorry. get some overtones, don't you? Late on in the sustained, if you do a Possibly. one note, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It'd probably be different on electric than acoustic, actually, because they're different, aren't they? The way the uh, yeah, I guess it would. Do, I guess overtones would only exist if. Do they exist on the same string, on a single string, or do the overtones come out and in the piano because they're resonating? The frequencies of the overtones are related to the resonant frequency of the note that's been played. Yeah, so on this, he's he's got the pedal up and he's playing individual notes. Right, and then so unless the guitar, it would only relate, I guess, if, if the other strings were, were, dead. were not struck in any way. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. not vibrating and, either. And also re- reson- resonant in a way that was related to the note that was being played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you could experiment, couldn't you? You could sit there and... Yeah. But anyway, he, he does this thing. He plays this scale. Just plays C D E G. Uh, sorry, C D F G E down. Yeah. C major scale to the five and one. And he says, "Check this out." So he plays this scale, and he plays every note 
the same volume, you know. And he plays perfectly in time. And he's basically, when the note starts to go into the harmonic series at the end, when he starts to get whiny, when he goes a bit whiny, that's when I change note. So he can only play on one tempo on each instrument? No, no. So he's like, so he plays another tempo. He says, now I'm going bow, wow, 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 wow. I'm using that amplitude to play in time. Yeah, yeah. And he said it makes you play like with the same intent on every note. And then he said, but how slow, he does this thing, he says, how slow would you have to set the metronome to play at that speed? He'd be like, you'd have to have it on like, you know, 12 BPM or something. Because he's playing at like 20. The point he's making is the the instrument has the ability to tell you Mm -hmm. how in time but that's are. to do with your ears engaging with the sound of it's the to do with listening and yeah. it's all about listening or concentration yeah yeah and so uh, but it's, we check it out it's really interesting so do, with, yeah. with the ride symbol it's like you can do the same thing you know and I've t- and, I, and I've been teaching some students to, just to think about like play really slow mm. and just to try and hit the symbol at the same volume and get the same amplitude yeah and say to them you know do you feel like you're really playing in time, mm. and they're like, "Yeah, I do actually." Yeah. Uh, say I said it. Well, I, you know, and it's like they're obviously not playing perfectly in time because it's not. There's no metronome. Not playing mm. exactly to a, okay. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to the symbol. But that's just locking into the feel of that as well, though, isn't it? You know. <laughs> and the and the instrument, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, if the instrument, but I think the, like the thing with like the, the visualization of where time is. Mm. which is what you're kind of afforded by the by DAW, digital. by yeah, digital, yeah, yeah. is that you can see, like, see, not here, but see what's happening. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that, that affects your judgment as to whether it's right or not. Mm. You know, and I think that mm. was the thing for me about, and I, I talked to my students about this, you know, about recording, when I'm record, talking about production, not about playing. Mm about like the click you know is that if you if you're working with an artist and you think and for some genres the click is real and for some musicians it's really good it's really a positive thing to have you know if say it can be really reassuring <laughs> like if yeah, the, yeah. if it's hard and the click is programmed in a way that makes it easier yeah it, it's great to have it there because yeah, it's yeah. reassuring kind of like arm around your shoulder come on kid I'll I, get you through it kind of vibe it's a completely for me now even the last two years it's a completely different thing for me I love yeah. playing with clicking yeah. pretty much any situation because yeah, yeah. I enjoy it's just a nice vibe isn't it but, yeah, if you've got the right I, tempo for something I don't like it at the wrong tempo yeah, or something, yeah. But yeah that's that's super important but, yeah, but, but I think that, just that but you're a highly skilled musician you know so, and but if you're say trying to record a band of people mm. and you've seen them play live and they've got a great vibe live yeah there's at no point would you suggest to them on that gig that guys mm. <laughs> you know i've got this guy or this gal you know who's like just got the most incredible time and no matter what you do that person is going to stay at exactly the same tempo mm. they're going to divide kind of temporal reality mm, mm. <laughs> into exactly the same division you know no matter what you do so if you're feeling if the whole band moves ahead because it's a really emotive moment 
occurs. Yeah, yeah. They're not going with you. And and actually, they're right and yeah. you're wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, like, it's like, well, hang on a minute. No. That, I'm never going to let that person be in my band. No, no, no. So why, because the computer is in the recording studio as opposed to the tape machine, do you let that person be in the recording studio when you're trying to capture a magical moment that will then be played, hopefully, millions of times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to once. Yeah, yeah. As is in a life. As in the life things, it's gone. You know, and I think that that realisation for me was, like, Mm. quite profound. It was like, God... You know, because I grew up like working with DJs who worked in the DAW with Click because they sampled and everything was yeah. structured and organised to a grid. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. was repetitive music and everything was synchronised to the MIDI kind of... Yeah, clock. In the yeah. MIDI clock, which meant that all of the plugins could coordinate with that. Everything was cool. And I, and I was just like, yeah, but that's not me. <laughs> you know? No. And it took me a lot, it took me a lot of albums and a long time to realise that. You know, it's like, yes, it's me when I decide it's me, but yeah. not as default, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, a lot of the things were recorded with Tom, you know, even like last year I did an album with him and this singer, they wrote a lot of music together, and they he'd be like, certain tunes, he'd go, right, when we get to like the third verse, and we're going into that last thing. I'm going mm. to turn the click off, you know, because yeah. I want I want you to free up. I want it to Just move. Play, yeah. You know, and yeah. and and we would be like, yeah, okay, and it would move massively. I mean, I'm yeah. talking like three, four BPM, but it would definitely yeah. lift, you know. Yeah. And just to like have that attitude towards it, instead of all this thing of everyone gridding everything all the time, you know, everything being gridded. It's just mm. um, it's just a different thing, isn't it? But, yeah. but it becomes like a visual engagement as opposed to an oral engagement. An ear engagement, yeah. Engagement. yeah, yeah. And, and I think yeah, yeah. I th- it's not that I have a problem with the click at all. You know, I really like you, I, I enjoy it. But I think as a default option, yeah, we need to change attitude to not click. Yeah. No, as opposed to yeah. to click. Because yeah. if, you, if you do it to click without thinking about it, the computer is the master and you are the slave, mm. you know, which is never the right relationship to have. No, no, not at all. It's supposed to be a tool, isn't it? It All it is is there is a way of capturing what you're doing. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and just as tape was, mm. and still is, but... Yeah, yeah. But if it, if it is getting in the way of, if it's making the, what you're doing worse just by you using it badly yeah <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. it's not its fault it's your fault you know and that i guess mm. that was a huge realization for me yeah you know yeah. Recently, over the past five to ten years <coughs> yeah and that's not in any way to kind of say that learning how to play in time isn't important and learning how to play with well, actually, fundamentally, learn how to play with feel. With feel. Because actually, the click, if you've got good feel, the click is just part of that feel, isn't it? Should be, yeah. That's, yeah. that's why. I mean, the thing... The, the, it's the, like some cool dude who, who yeah. just is playing great time. If you lock in with them, you're going to be so solid. You know? yeah, it's amazing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Great. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly did. And uh, we hadn't seen each other in um, you know in the physical world in reality for um, for a long long time um, 
It's been, yeah, I don't even know if it's this year, actually. Because um, when we did the previous one, we did it on Zoom because it was during, actually during lockdown um, in, in March, April. Uh, and that was kind of back at episode 19. And this is episode 41. So thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back very soon with more episodes. So bye for now.